to that zone. Hello you wonderful people from all walks of life. Welcome to the first episode of Rise Up Steens. I'm your host Sami and today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Aditi Agwal and she's from India. In my opinion, she started her own business in a very unique and impressive way because this business not only helps teenagers become CEO of their own company within 3 months or so because they take you from the ground up from level 0 to a level 100 in the 100 day journey you not only develop a product custom made and tailored to the need or a problem that you want to solve but you also showcase the product to your first demo customers and also compete in the entrepreneurial expo today we have aditi vedas who's going to take us the behind the scenes and tell us about some facts of soap and how it was created and this one of a kind business today hi there aditi Hi, Sami. Nice to meet you. So, Aditi, I have been getting this question in the back of my head that who is Aditi Agwal and where is she from? <laughs> okay, so um, who is Aditi Agwal? Um, Aditi is someone who, like, I think the biggest thing for me has always been since I was 18 years old um, and walked into a classroom. I just realized that. there are so many elements to delivering a high quality education and so few people in the world actually understand what it is and somehow in the noise of you know everything that we ask a child to do we have forgotten the sole purpose of education which according to me is about unlocking a child's potential it's not about throwing potential at them it's not about anything other than the fact that everyone has genuinely you know a unique thing to offer the world and if we can let them discover what that is and talk about what that is and build that capacity um get them to feel genuinely ready and prepared for their life then that could be amazing so aditi mm-hmm. is the person who's going to do it i guess <laughs> that's how i would that's how i've always uh, thought of myself that i feel very attached to solving this problem i feel very attached to the fact that um young people around the world right now are not doing as well as they can and i feel like we have something exclusive and amazing to offer them hmm. so aditi what's the back story behind you and like your family where do you where does it all come from because like many entrepreneurs uh have some kind of a rich background or this what kind of background did you come from So um my talking about my parents um for my dad kind of grew up in a village and he's the only person who's really um uh, made a real life for himself in in beautiful ways um so he left the village and then he went to the city and um he worked he's a company man very much um so he's done really incredibly well and set us up really nicely my mom is a um, government school teacher and so the two things that i think we i i gathered and my brother gathered both of us are seniors uh, we run our companies um is that like you know my mom since i was a child used to say that, that happy is the person who makes a hobby out of their living who makes a living out of their hobby so that's something that we that we had to find joy in the work that we do um and that that joy matters a lot so that's something that you know we both of us have always really searched for um the second thing would be just sheer work ethic um the like both of my parents um, have always worked very very hard um and you know while we 
we knew we could get anything that we wanted but we also knew that the list of wants had to be very limited and you know it can't be you can't ask for like anything so so that consciousness of uh, you know being very conscious about like your time money all of that kind of stuff and then along with that just knowing that doing something for the world also matters a lot like that element of service has always been a part of my upbringing so aditi you said that uh, doing what you love is the only way that you can be happy right so did you had this thought in back in like middle school or high school that what do you yeah. do honestly yes but i also felt like everything that i was doing in high school or middle school i just like because i was just doing what was asked hmm. you know from me like i i would participate in debates and things like that i i was a very Good student, I would get straight A's um, or A plus or whatever. But I just didn't know like what else, you know. And I always felt that there is something else, but I just I could not name it. I could not try it. I just had no support at all. Um, and I don't think it. It's not like my parents also didn't. Know. Even today, parents are just like so unaware of how um, to help their child. Like every parent, I genuinely believe, obviously has the best interests of their child in their mind. but it is still incredibly hard to actually navigate through all the organizations that are offering things that are saying nice things but not delivering value it's just it's it's you know a tricky kind of world for any consumer so um i think that's definitely something that any uh, anyone who's buying or selling services right now has to has to deal with i think the way you find the business model is like the p2c business model is like right. business to consumers one of the most key fact is that what type of uh, entrepreneur in the past do you think has resulted in this b2c business model right that's a great question so like why did we choose to be b2c and not b2b yes great great so actually i have worked a lot in schools um i have worked in schools across 13 different countries across four continents so i have a rich experience of actually partnering with schools and delivering programs at value but i also know that it just takes so much time like it's a very time consuming process to sell anything b2b the second thing is that um fundamentally soap is something that eventually will be used by millions of students around the Hmm. and that is something that i wanted very strongly to be part of our life hmm. you know um so when we thought of going to customers or going to the market we immediately thought of like the fastest way to get there and a way to bring a lot of diversity to our community as well right the fact that today so uh, or school of futures entrepreneurs academy serves over 600 students from 35 different countries that is impossible if you go to a school because you know you end up serving the exact same kind of persona exact same kind of uh, uh diverse like exact same income background all those kind of things whereas like uh, you know this from being a student of so that that's just like not the real world right the real world is way more complex there's um people from everywhere there's all kinds of accents there's all kind of weird hang ups there's all kind of interest so we wanted students to actually feel that they are in the real world when they're with us in the academy that they should actually you know feel the same stresses and the same happiness that you would feel in that world and in that setting uh, so we always thought of being p2c 
I think we will obviously eventually develop a lot of B2B kind of components, but for me, the first strategy had to be B2C so that we could bring this kind of rich diversity, we could sell faster, we could grow quicker. Aditi, you're saying that the services that you're using is online, right? Yeah. Um, many part of the, due to the COVID and many situations around the world, online services are being used right now. One of the main thing about SOF is that is that it does not have any overhead costs compared to other schools that you have worked with, so they can create that diversity. Do you think that is a um, double-edged sword in your in your opinion? Because there are many factors that come into play, such as time and internet issues. What do you have to say for that? Uh, so you are basically saying that when you have um, a B two B business, it's obviously sorry when you have a uh, physical business, it obviously has a lot of overhead costs. Yeah, so that was something that was very um, okay. So what happened due to COVID is that a lot of education businesses went online. That was not the case for us. We, from the very conceptualization of so, the fact that a million students will use us, use us has been a fact in our mind. When that happens is the only question, right? So it's not. Uh, so when we started designing SOAP, um, you know, from the name to like everything, it's always been scale is like a very core component to our DNA. So everything had to be scalable. The platform had to be something that could be accessed by a million students. The mentors had to be people who eventually we could find enough of them that a million students could be engaged. So that's something that we thought of very, very intentionally and directly. And we built towards that. And the great thing about that is that the online space has a lot of opportunities to offer yes. when you leverage those opportunities. Mm. But if you try to make the best experience um, offline and then make it something that works online, that will not work for you. Mm. What works for us is that we leverage everything great about online and we play on that rather than competing with you know like what the offline has to offer. Because there are lots of advantages to be So we use those to actually uh, enhance the quality of the program, to enhance the development. So Aditi, from the entire moment I'm getting, there's a question that came up to me. Is that, did you have the ah uh, moment? Like, uh, like you weren't made cut off for the school stuff and anything like that. Did you have that ah uh, moment, for instance? Um, like, oh, okay, like the... Um, Say that again. So you mean like the idea of uh, feeling like, irritated with schools or? It's like um, your, your parents are saying, go get a job and you're like, oh no, 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 no. Job is not for me. Job, I want to do something better with my life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wish I could say yes, but uh, not really. Like I'm a very straightforward person in terms of like, uh, the best way to put this, Sami, would be that I I don't know and I don't think I would have picked the path of being an entrepreneur. Um, the reason I picked it is because this is the only way that I can see that I can actually solve this problem of education that we are in. For me, my life's purpose is to solve this problem of education because honestly just think about it, right? Um, and it's really de it was depressing when I was a student but it is insanely depressing today because you guys exist on the internet. Teenagers today exist on the internet. They are digital natives as much as they are natives of their homes and you know, their families and all of that. 
what that means is that their dreams their aspirations who they are has changed and the system has not responded at all like it wasn't responding when we were in the system but for you guys it's way worse because you have so much more information than we ever had we didn't have the information of you know like oh a graphic designer can earn this much money and things like that mm. so if today you go to your parents and say that i want to be a graphic designer and not an engineer mm. because i'm 10000 times better at doing this than this your parents should say yeah go run with it because that is the right answer in that situation and my problem is that the system is not geared to tell you that that is the right answer and that is my problem because we are literally screwing up the child's life and we are screwing up on the other end as well where employers are not able to find employees that they need um the industry is not able to move forward economy is getting stagnant unemployment is at a massive high like the you know if things worked for the students in the end you know if what the traditional advice was what the traditional system is if that helped our kids succeed and do better for themselves and for the world i would be the biggest cheerleader of that my problem is it doesn't work and we keep lying to ourselves and hoping that it will work and it is not going we need an over we need an overhaul that is like genuine and actually helps the child achieve what they want to achieve okay. right um get to a life that they want to get and that is just like not happening so for us entrepreneurs academy is kind of like our first um effort towards that you know because as students launch businesses as students meet people from across the globe as students get that kind of confidence you know that comes from building something from scratch they tend to become more of who they are they tend to understand themselves more deeply they tend to see their full potential like just you know you saw the transformation within your own cohort as well if you could do that at scale for every child across the world like that would be such an amazing world to live in yeah. but along with that uh, there's a uh, things in this world is that it does not belong here people are yeah. criticized for that because coming back from my generation in 2010 back then youtube was such an easy platform for anyone to come on to and anyone to use seo now it's so complicated with seo and stuff like that but there's a certain degree in quote unquote that the society does not take people without a degree they criticize them what do you say to these people that don't criticize students like us what would you say to no, them no like absolutely i think See, success speaks for itself. Is just what I want to say. You know, the the thing is that in the past we used to value things like, um, oh, you have an MBA from Harvard, and like this stuff matters so much. I am telling you, as someone who regularly hires people, um, as someone who talks to a lot of other CEOs, other founders, people don't give a damn. People want to hire people. Employee employers want to hire employees who can do the job. we don't care like i have i was um, actually one of the top 7 students out of some 6000 students in my university you know this is a fact that i only can ever share in this kind of setting if i was going to a job interview no one cares about like literally no one cares you know and and the reality is um, that's simply because that stuff doesn't work the only thing that an employer can actually know from that is that i have the ability to work hard but they don't know how i work with other people they don't know how i approach an unknown problem getting marks and you know just 
getting an A plus is actually a very simple thing to do. Real world is far more complex, and that complexity. The great thing is that when you refocus education to being a lot more relevant to the child's life, then the child is also more excited to learn, right? Like just for example, anything that you were doing in the academy, even when it was time consuming, you could also see how this would be useful if not now in two years or in three years. So then your motivation is just like you know a bit more. It's like a more like you're like ki, I have to do this. It's like taxes kind of thing, right? You have to know it for your life, so you don't mind. working a little bit harder but the problem is that so much of every so anyway so i uh, to answer your question i think degrees will be redundant um, in a few years because everyone will be learning the skills that they need to do the jobs the half life of skills or you know the relevance of a skill let's say you learn exactly what you're saying you you, you learn digital marketing within 5 years everything that you have learned in digital marketing or google will be completely redundant So what is the point of going to college? Wouldn't you rather learn something like this in a month than do that and then um, do it for however long it matters, and then that skill is dying. You learn the skill again and another. I think primary education, secondary education, that will stick around. I think even like undergraduate education will be there because if especially if schools continue to be the way that they are, then undergraduate is the only time that students actually have any opportunity to discover themselves. So I think. those things will stay but i think we are already seeing like for example i don't have a masters i don't ever plan on getting a masters um because like whatever i need to learn i learn at the start right i've learned coding i've learned marketing i've learned sales all of this stuff and i think that is the pattern that we see more and more of where uh, people right now are choosing to step away from masters um and actually go for a job that teaches them that skill rather than theory of that skill which no one really needs or uses so i think we'll keep seeing that trend more and more adidhi that is a truly good truly good question that some skills are becoming redundant it's true but the thing of the matter is that even if we prioritize some secondary online education other than that Uh, our parents are not willing to go for it because parents general thinking is that going to a school and getting a physical diploma is far more better than getting an e diploma i can give you an instance of this happening to me um i was trying to find a job here which is not easily accessible so i thought getting doing quote unquote free certificates would be my first thing my my dad says to me is that going to be valued other than a physical diploma it has more value what can i say that so yeah. so so the thing is that when um, i mean i i i understand the fear that parents have but let's put it more along the lines of what the actual hiring process looks like for a real job i'm not talking about an internship or small jobs of that sort but let's say you actually want the job of a digital marketer so yes there is the resume round which includes you know where have you studied and i'm definitely not saying that drop undergraduate degrees and stuff like that but specialize a lot of specializations are becoming redundant as and what i'm trying to say yes. because you can do them faster and better at your own pace from the comfort of uh, online or just you know even like going to a college and just getting like for working being there for four weeks is very different than being there for four years right so you might like a lot of people might start to choose that um going back to the job though so let's say you're applying to be a digital marketer the first thing that would happen is that there is a resume review 
which your dad is right like the diplomas all of that stuff matters there for sure once you through that step okay the second step is going to be a conversation do people do students actually know how to talk in an interview the answer is no let's say the third thing is that you would get a task right you would get a digital marketing task to actually do now you might have the fanciest degree on the planet but if your task is shit which it would be if you don't have any genuine practical experience um you're not going to get that job so the the situation isn't as either or as you know some of these debates make it seem um and secondly at the end of the day you are the person who has to do that job so whatever job you're going for if you have genuine experience in that space the nitty gritty of work is such so that it teaches you so much like if you have actually run a digital marketing campaign you will know a thousand more things than if you just kept studying all the possibilities and all the theories of it so that's where i i feel that that kind of direct learning or that kind of learning which is uh, built on sheer practical application is very valuable in today's world so uh like you said again it's just the way that you said that the resume process and the tasks with it google itself has categorically said gpas are the worst criteria to hire people and that's why they've changed the interview process into four categorical levels which means that first you go for the resume then they give you a task and then they ask you the idea and then they ask you the code at that point and then you show them and then you get hired that's a really good point with the many companies trying to hire people but again it's like the old traditional thinking will never end and that's the that's the main issue with most most people around here that it's see it's hard like obviously it is not easy and i think it's also um for me the advice that i always give students is that make decisions that are sound right so here in this kind of a situation i would say um picking a degree that is important and relevant to you so knowing what to pick also for example right like uh, in india we have a really funny saying that everyone in india becomes an engineer and then they think about what they want to do now that is okay at like you know at some level but nowadays there are more options to explore there is more to understand and you should pick things intentionally i also think like the the reason you know that i i would very strongly hesitate to tell any student to not do an undergrad um simply because i think like with the way that the education system is set up especially schools there's just no freedom at all and when you do an undergraduate degree you do get a certain degree of freedom you meet certain kind of people um you're able to you know kind of like for example my first startup was with my brother and a bunch of friends um when i was 17 years old in college and that was like such an amazing experience for me um which I like you know college was great and all but that particular experience taught me everything I know about life um so much more than college ever could have right i i just never belonged with that college but i feel like there's so much um that building that startup taught me so these like the point is to search out experiences that are genuinely transformative that will help you unlock your potential that will help you become more you um college is an option in that it's it's running you know it's in that race it is an option for sure so that's where i feel that uh, it it does make sense but i also feel that in today's world let's say you are an 18 year old right who has a very strong idea uh, who has already 
gathered some traction who's making like upwards of $10,000 a month these are like real kids today right like they're teenagers who are doing that stuff um and if that is your life like for example there's a i i don't know if you're a fan of chess or or streaming but there's a famous uh, girl called uh, something botes alexandra or elisa botes i forget so she has a very big community of uh, chess um enthusiasts that follow her and she's having this conversation i remember very sharply on youtube her sister and her are talking about the fact whether her sister younger sister should go to college and she's just like you go to college for this kind of exposure that kind of exposure i'm already getting all of that they're streaming in front of a millions of people every single day right so like why should she go to college you know you know my point like so that's where it, it does it depends on um, the students themselves it depends on the experiences that you have had it depends on like the opportunities that are in front of you um it's 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 not a one size fits all kind of issue you know i i really feel that everyone should decide for themselves um and i and i would hesitate to recommend that you don't do an undergraduate degree but when it comes to a masters degree i have very strong opinions where i really really do feel that it is absolute waste of time in like more than 50% of the cases like you said that one of your like your interest i have Mr. Mc, uh, Mr. Donald Trump at the back of here, and I think uh, I was inspired by one of these two people. Uh, I don't know if you know Coffee Republic as if there is a chain there in the in India or so, but I was inspired by Bobby and Sasha Hellman in their book that anybody can start a business from the kitchen to startup. And Mr. Donald himself, we can all say that he's a he's not a he's a big douche and all, but he's a good he's a great master in real estate, and same as the. McDonald's formula for real estate and everything as franchises go. I think for most people when they see businesses they see these big guys, these real estate yeah. champions and everything. They don't see you guys here. So when looking at your stories of how did you start your startups because I've seen a lot of people start their startups. They don't mention you guys there. Online services are yeah. not being mentioned. Like back yeah. then the most relevant point we have is Jeff Bezos. people said that the online market is nothing mm-hmm. there's no online retailing but today he's built a business out of it nobody thought about it they talk about physical aspects right you being a digital business was the most mm-hmm. hard part of going through it and people not knowing you right right um what is the most hard i think like the hardest thing is you know that like obviously you feel very emotional about whatever you have built right so when people raise questions of like are you a legit thing or is this legitimate it is hurtful at a personal level but what uh, the way that we have changed our mindset around this is what we realized is we are operating in a space where there are so many scams where there are so many um, you know people who just sell things on the and really big businesses as well that are selling things that they do not deliver on you know they don't do any of those things that they actually promising to the customers to the parent or to the student so it's a crowded market in many ways right so you have to understand that the customer that you're talking to 10 other people are talking to them and while you are honest and legitimate those 10 other people might not be so it makes sense for that customer to ask you questions um i think the hardest thing is definitely just raising the awareness of people across the world on something like this especially because you know school of future is just 
it's so non traditional in the way that it operates it's so non traditional in the way that uh, we reach out to students and the work that we do with them that it is a bit of it's hard to just comprehend it's hard to like kind of picture it's not just coding it's not just uh, entrepreneurship it's not just uh, you know after school program it's a lot of things so the reason we do all of those things obviously is because we know that that is what is actually required to help unlock uh, students potential but it sounds like a lot of um, like it, it doesn't sound real very simply put like for a lot of people in the world it doesn't sound like a real thing so that i think will change as we build the brand out more and as we get more uh, as we gain more awareness around it as you said before that at 17 years old you started a startup with your brother can we know that what the startup name was Yeah, absolutely. It was called NGO Few. Um, we worked with about sixty uh, different clients across uh, India, mainly NGOs, um, training like about four hundred or so volunteers from around the world. The idea was very simple. We wanted to connect non-profit organizations to the technical or design help that they needed, and we wanted to use college volunteers to give that help because um, it it really helped college students get like you know an attractive. thing on their resume and again like just this thing right that in our education system we don't focus on life projects we don't focus on real problems and that is when you learn you learn by doing you learn by being in the real world you don't learn in a bubble so even at ngofuel like i think one of the things i have realized in retrospect is that that aspect of working with volunteers um and helping them understand what they're learning and how they're developing is like it was really a interesting uh experience i think we've listened to your story and i've even talked to your one of your co-founders kelsey root but the thing is after doing a little bit of searching and all even going on a team we don't know how did a teacher from detroit meet an <laughs> indian girl like you and how did their both minds connect could you shed some light on the story Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's a really beautiful story that we obviously love. Um, Kelsey and I met on Angel List. Angel List is a platform where you can look for co-founders and employees and stuff like that. So I had posted an opening for a co-founder, and Kelsey had applied. Um, and then we just had a really wonderful conversation, uh, and we kept we started to work together remotely, um, and it it was going really well. We would constantly. kind of just you know really help explore ideas that the other person had and uh, it was a great relationship and then kelsey moved to india and we lived together and worked together for the last two years when i look back at soap and some of your features you had a physical campus and you hosted your own physical expo in front of live audience uh, that aspect of hosting a physical school what was it like right so we never had like a physical school we had partners uh, with um, you know uh, we had partnered with a school to help us run a physical expo um i think we will always have a little bit of that component you know because this was the annual expo of 2019 um so the next expo is going to be for 2020 like all of the winners from all of 2020 um it's going to happen probably next month which is the first time i've announced that so <laughs> it should be really fun um but i think because of covid this time we won't be able to do it physically but honestly like we just love the idea of bringing our top 20 30 students from all over the world to a common physical location 
um once a year you know it it would be worth it in our honest opinion because we think it, uh, it would be really cool um and other than that we want to be online as much as possible because i do think you know it just the kind of students that we have in the academy we have refugees we have students with um, single parents we have students from all different walks of life um that's really important to both kelsey and me we very strongly believe that the best in education should be accessible to the best student and that best student is not privileged they're not necessarily rich um they may come from anywhere and they should have access to opportunities um so that's something that is very very by looking at everything i'm seeing is that you you're trying to remain online at the same time by also giving them the high quality service but the issue with this is that uh, how are the mentors they're going to do because like uh, the mentorship course were quite a very new thing for many students and very undergoing task for them how are they reacting to this certain amount of change in new environment compared quote unquote traditional working Ah okay um no the mentors love the work that they do at so honestly the only thing that mentors would ever complain about at so is like the stuff that doesn't have to do with students you know because obviously there's like updating of notes and things like that which might not be as fun um but like we have a like people are dying to do this to be honest because just it's so hard to find a job where you get to talk to young people who are all passionate and excited about the world who want like we get to work with the best students like point blank sof has access to the best students in the world it's like um in honest in all honesty like the kind of quality of students that we get is is very close to what you would get at a harvard or at a, any ivy league kind of education so the quality of these conversations like you would remember from your own conversations sami like that they, they are untraditional right like you talk about things that you would not generally talk about with an adult but it helps you develop and it helps you develop the ability to ask questions and to give answers or to think through things in your life you know uh, because the mentor's job there is to not tell you what to do but to ask things that can trigger the right kind of answers for you okay so that is what we train our mentors on um and that's what we look for even in mentors and very honestly like the biggest criteria of like a lot of our mentors are people who would have loved to do the program when they were young like they just feel that you know this is the amazing component in education and they love the fact that they get to meet young people um, who are amazing and help them grow even further how did you get into the education okay from the from the start you're using the ngo business as 17 years old you have done something how did you get into the education side it just blows my okay. mind So basically, what happened was a senior of mine called me um, to work uh, to volunteer at Teach for India, and so she had recommended me for a summer internship or something like that. I generally don't say no to things, so I said yes. <laughs> I just like was like, okay, cool, that sounds interesting. Um, and by that time, I was one year into building into it, so I already had that kind of entrepreneurial mindset, I would say. and then just walking into that classroom for me it was a really like that full day was just a very life changing day because in general um I, i like i'm good at things um when i try new things i generally if especially if there's any you know kind of theory or like speaking that kind of stuff i'm generally good at it uh but i really sucked 
that day like i just it was so hard it was like really hard to like even remain standing second graders can eat you alive so it just it was my um i really felt like my gut kicked in because of the failure that i was experiencing and i remember on the day like uh, on the same day uh, on the way back my home was also 2 hours away and things like that so i'm i'm going back and i'm just thinking of my day and i was just realizing that that is probably the first time that i would say i genuinely failed in my life and to me that was a delicious feeling because if you don't fail then that doesn't mean like it just means you're not growing you're not putting yourself in situations where you are really growing um outward and so um so i got addicted to that i love that ability to you know create an experience for a child that is every part of their body mind spirit is like engaged fully like that's something i really really enjoy uh, and that's something it's not bad at the beginning so <laughs> i that made me want to become better at it okay did that experience haunt you or was it like a bad night <laughs> no it was it was like uh, so basically i got home that by end of uh, by you know like um by the end of that day and then once i was home my mother is a teacher so i asked her like like what do you do really like blah blah i understood more and then i started to work more harder at it um and i was better let's say from the next day and i kept getting better um and it was it's really the thing is education is a very hard business i mean like there's so many things you know there's so many elements to it um, i saw a lot like i was working in a slum um, which was catering like a school was second grade i saw things that like genuinely changed um, how i viewed life um, it pushed me so far away from my comfortable kind of bubble that my dad had created for us my mom and dad had created for us so um it pushed me into the real world and it really put things into perspective and i also felt that i genuinely felt like i had something to offer like i i felt and 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 it was a lot because of ngo fuel in many ways where um once you go through the and this is why we started with entrepreneurs academy right once you build something from scratch anytime anywhere you do that process of going from 0 to 1 launching something of your own you just see the world differently so by that time i had the right kind of lenses on where i just saw education as an opportunity like I, it was a it's a problem right like things are not working and i was just very convinced that i had a voice in how it should be changed and i wanted to implement that um so since i was 18 basically like 10 years back i knew i was going to build school of future but i also knew that i wanted to understand education a lot more i wanted to understand students a lot more i wanted to understand uh, what is actually required like none of those answers were anywhere close to being there at that time but that question had gotten created that how do we fix this how do we fix the situation that we are so when looking back in india as, as a whole and even the countries that are connected to it it's kind of very laid back compared to the 21st century in many western worlds out there um many students who have bright ideas can't reach here how are you going to reach to those students who have those ideas in their slum and they want to bring that idea to people right right um i think the the thing is that you know for these things i i always think of it as like we are building a company that will last centuries in my mind right so with school of future what i would want to do is um find a way to attract some of the best students in the world which we are doing right now do that at 
a, a good enough scale that we can then launch like ideally some version of entrepreneurs academy should be freely available to every student in the world okay. right so i i want to get to that point in let's say a couple of years or three years at the most um and what that does is that it enables any student to be able to do a little bit something of their own right um it's just the right now the so so to me it's like a uh, timeline kind of thing you know we will get to those students we will create value for them but it's just a matter of taking your time so that you can do it in the right way because for example and this is why i didn't as so i actually experimented with education policy as well and the reason i decided to not do education policy uh, or create laws for education and instead went down the startup route is because you know to be honest with you if i made so free today for everyone in india let's say students would still not be able to use it. like the child that you're talking about in the slum they're still not going to be able to use it because they need this content in hindi right uh, or like in the local language which is something that we can't do. like our team is just like who will pay the people who do that right like it's not sustainable for us but there will be a point when that will be sustainable and not just sustainable that will be the best way forward as a business as well as um, an organization that wants to change education so that's where that's how i think of it that right now we can't serve their needs the way that their needs deserve to be served and when we are ready we'll do a fabulous job like that's really how i think of it that it's not a question of like if we will do it it's a question of we will do it at a later your question led me back to nasdel's experiment but he did that he offered his flat for free for many people for palestine and for israel right now there are many conflicts uh, he offered them to come there but even though by setting it free the many people reserv- did a reservation for it but none of them came it links back to the dilemma is that we want something free but when we have that we don't get it we want some yeah. social proof right and you still don't use it right uh, this is also actually something again that i learned while working in education that it's not just enough to conceptualize a solution or to have a good idea of a problem everything in education fails at execution everything always you know because like really think about it in the in the school system like the math that you are learning is the exact same math that a 14 15 year old is learning in USA or Europe or wherever there everyone is learning the exact same thing however no one is learning anything you know what i mean like there is the content is the same the delivery sucks everywhere and unless you understand how to execute it perfectly the way that for example the academy is designed right there's so like there's molecular level of details that we've gone into so you have to do that for something to actually work for anyone you know learning is a very hard process and the things that work in favor of student motivation student learning all of those things are like have to be guided it's it has to be like a recipe almost you know that you're making and you have to do it very consciously so that's kind of um, where i feel that like a lot of um, the system kind of misses out on that this gives me back the question were you raised in a tech state uh, where you saw a lot of tech in your days or were you were you in a state where there was not much tech that drove you to tech itself um like uh, how i was raised 
Uh, no, it was like in a state. Like there's an India state where there's only okay. specializes in IT and communication itself. Oh, I'm saying, yeah. were you in a tech state that you thought, okay, that's the I thing? Mean, I don't know. Like I think at some level, you know, um, I definitely would never identify as a coder. Although I did like, uh, I we used a no-code platform to build code. Um, so the entire platform is coded by Kelsey and me. Um, but I would never like say that that's what like coding for me is like a beautiful paintbrush. You know, I like I will use the paintbrush when I know what I want to paint, and I learn how to use the paintbrush. I don't need it otherwise if I don't want to make a painting. That's how I think of skills very much. Um, so to me, it's like what is the problem that I need to solve, and what are the tools I need to solve. So whatever tools I need, I at this point of building so very confidently. I feel like I can if I know if I know what problem I'm solving, I'll always find the right tools. That is the hallmark of an entrepreneur. They just think that they can do anything, whether it's true or not. That is how entrepreneurs think, right? Um, that they can solve their way out of any problem or any kind of problem. The thing with the mechanism of your school is that you give bit, you give your own coin currency to invest in that. That is a, such a unique concept. What drove you to that concept of your artificial currency? So we wanted like something to motivate students. Obviously, you know, we wanted some uh, kind of thing. Um, giving points, uh, it's actually a question that you should definitely ask Kelsey because it was her baby. Um, giving uh, points was definitely part of the system of like helping students feel more motivated. The reason we decided to call it a grit coin is because we realized, you know, like in the world that we live in, um, I just feel that you can be talented, you can be like your IQ can be really high, um, you can be so many things, but at least at SOF, we really believe that grit will outlast everything. As long as you continue to work hard, like as long as you continue to show grit and perseverance, um, like to us, grit is the epitome of a SOF. Like, you know, that is like the core value that we hold. So that's why it, it's like a, it's a, it's a mind, Jedi mind trick almost, where we wanted to imbibe that like every time you work hard, you get great points. So that was what we wanted to communicate uh, through that. So you want to be Yoda and you want to say that, okay, this is my Bitcoin, my young Star Wars, take it. And, and exactly, exactly, exactly. Like, because if you can, you know, if you can link that I just learned something and I got grit points for it. Um, that creates a really virtuous cycle. The more you learn, the more grit points you get, the more you write. Like for example, one of the things we do on our platform is that um, every student is able to see every student, every other student's response, right? Yeah. Um, and then when you comment on other student's response, you also get the same amount of grit points that you would if you wrote an original answer. Why is that? The reason that is so is because it's, equally important to us that you think original thoughts and that you help other people. Both those things are as important, you know. The fact that Sami helped um, Asfa get further in her thinking or, you know, be able to um, write a better response because of what Sami told her, like that matters. That should matter in education in general, right? Um, because we are not individual beings, we are we are learning in us like the space we have created is so 
um, about like learning with each other, finding motivation from each other. Um, so those are things that like again mattered to us, which is why when later on when Kelsey came up with the idea of actually investing the red points in other people's businesses, like that was also really exciting for us. The the way your business runs is quite unique in this in a section. If I can give a quote and example for this next question, would it be helpful? Yeah, sure. So basically, what Japanese quote-unquote businesses do, they have this meeting session where they yell out loud to their um, seniors to what they're explaining they're gonna happen. So you knowing what I did with my cohort mate of Asfa shows that you are really down to the core level of it. So there's no chain of command there, or like you going to the session. Um, I didn't understand. Say that again. It's like a chain. Do like in organization, there are chain of commands, right? So, are there a chain of command where people can come to you directly, or is there no chain of command? Um, like, uh, do you mean for the team internally, or do you mean for us students? No, team internally. I mean. So yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I think like startups today are fairly flat. Obviously, I think an intern. I expect the intern to think a little bit harder if they're going to contact me versus if they're going to contact their manager. Like I want them to. It's not about the fact that I don't want them to contact me. It's more that I want to them to contact me with something real, like a real thought in their minds or a real proposition. But it's fairly flat to be honest. Like anyone can reach me at any time. Um, that's true for students as well. Like I. I don't create any barriers, but I know that students obviously get worried about reaching out to me, <laughs> probably. Um, but I also enjoy that, to be honest, because I want, because I think it's like it's helpful, right? Like you, uh, if you think a little bit more, Sami, before interviewing me, that helps both you and me. So I don't mind it at all. <laughs> I like that fear element of it. Have you watched Grammarly though? Have you watched its ad? Grammarly's no, ad. The same thing. The dilemma you're trying to say about bosses is that. It's very hard to approach them in today's world. If you don't write something very eye-catching in their email or something, they're not gonna call you or they're not gonna value your opinion. You as being a boss and saying that, okay, I value your opinion, but please come two or three times thinking before the critical question, what you're gonna ask. How is that compared to normal traditional working places? Because my father himself, he works, but he has a boss who doesn't takes in info a lot. Looking back then, your organization is very different. How does this link up to it? It's actually, I mean, I think that's a that's a change that has happened across the world. Like, you know, now to be honest, you know, initially, like the systems of work were very, like, probably the first thing I would think of is like things like slavery, and then we had very regimented hours, um, and now we have, a, like, I think the world has just evolved to a point where the equation is a bit different, um, and at least like for. Kelsey and I are building like such a young organization where we're dealing with other people, uh, and startups are just a very different beast. To be very honest, like you, um, the culture that you create is done very intentionally. So for Kelsey and me, it's like all about driving a culture, creating a team culture that is open, accountable, responsible. Um, you know where people find real joy in what they're doing, where people. Genuinely grow. Like um, I don't know, Sam, if you have heard of the concept of PayPal Mafia, but that's what I want for so. Right? Like I want every, I want every student to feel that. I want every um, employee of mine to feel that. Like it's not just about creating a world-changing organization, but 
even world changing humans right as the organization um, grows i want each of my um partners employees like everyone to grow with it right uh, and everyone to develop more into who they want to be what they have to offer um so these are things that like we all focus on and you can only do that if you have an organization where people find joy in what they do and people are excited by challenges rather than feeling like bored out so when you mentioned the paypal mafia do you want to be the next elon musk or do you want <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know like i think to me it's like i just i want to be other thing <laughs> like that's my thing i i have a hard time um you know because that obviously i think the the simple element is i want to be known and this is where we started the interview it's a great way to end as well um i want the name aditi agrawal to be associated with uh, educate like with changing the education system to make it a lot more about the individual child about like who they want to be and how like there are only two three questions that really matter in life something they are like you know who are you and how are you going to push the world forward right um and i think if every human really knew the answer to those two questions like the world would be a lot happier and we would see so much more innovation and creativity than we see uh, right so i just i i that's that's the thing that's that's all i want to do i i want to shift the conversation on education to being about this to being about who every child can be and give like every child that opportunity to unlock their potential to like genuinely be who they want to be so aditi before like uh, saying saying to this closing we have some few things on this podcast i'll be asking okay. you three questions and there's a quote i want your example in okay so aditi when i was searching your name your name comes in as a doctor as an actor or as an entrepreneur which one of them is correct um doctor actor and entrepreneur entrepreneur obviously all three of them are the famous names in aditi agwal when you search for them on google <laughs> okay so the quote that i have today is that is from a famous person a politician from your country is known as indira gandhi and she so she quote unquote said that to be liberated a woman must not feel in rivalry to men but in context of her own capacity and personality what are your thoughts on this quote um say that say it again to be liberated a woman must feel free to be herself not in rivalry to men but in context of her own capacity and personality yeah i totally agree i mean it's like i think the whole debate on you know i just i think every human on the planet should compare themselves with themselves and just try like that's the point right like who are you and how are you going to push the world forward all of us should think like that instead of thinking of you know how will i be better than this cousin of mine i think the conversation should be how will i be the best version of myself how will i do something that is valuable and valued by the world um so i i totally agree with the sentiment of that conversation that point not just in the context of like males and females but for every human they should compare themselves with who they are and like find um liberation freedom all of those beautiful concepts for themselves before we end i would like uh, before we end there's a thing i would like to do it's a tradition in this podcast we will do it but i'll leave my viewers with uh, with a question is that 
in this world you see a lot of people being undermined with a lot of things with the male dominant society the male is the most dominant i would like to say to this what would you think my viewers would happen if the shoe was on the other foot think long and hard about this because you might be in the kitchen one day cooking a meal for someone else so aditi there's a quote we say here is that stay home stay safe and be cool and we do it like this so on the count of three we go like stay home stay safe and be cool okay one awesome. two three stay home stay safe and stay cool, and stay cool. be cool <laughs> no problem <Thank laughs> shall we try it again we can now it's really great thank you aditi for actually joining into this podcast and i hope the best wishes for soap as well Thank you. Thanks a lot, Sammy. Thank you. Love speaking to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.